0: Hi, welcome to The Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at The Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. And today can be the turning point in your life. Today can be the turning point in a life that's been beset by hardship, insecurity, heartache and sorrow, but it can also be the turning point for a life that hasn't had those challenges, that has had security, that has known comfort. And um, I believe that uh, you might think, oh, everything is fine. I'm content with what I, what I have and everything looks good in my world. Very often, it's those people that need a turning point the most and so that's what the message is this morning. The message this morning is called there's no time for mourning. There's no time for mourning. There's a joy that's been set before us and we can walk into that joy. The, world's, the world can be quite a sad place. And you might ask, how do you create an opportunity for someone to turn a corner and change direction in their life? And you're probably all thinking, how do you create an opportunity for that? Well, I believe it's quite simple. You talk about destiny. That's how you get people to change their minds. That's how you get people to change direction. And whether you have had a hard life, or whether your life has been okay, it's been relatively easy, sometimes we have to, with a sober mind, that means without any confusion or any cloudiness in there. We have to confront reality, the reality of destiny. Jesus actually had to do that in his ministry because he knew where he was going. And when we think about our destiny, hopefully it's going to weigh on your heart and in your mind. And the weight of that is going to produce a change in your life. Amen. And as believers in this place, if you are a believer, that's what we pray for. We, that's what we pray for winning, for Ayrshire, and for Scotland, is that people are concerned with many destinies, but we need to let you know today that there's a destiny in Christ Jesus. He paid the ultimate price for it, and um, he won the victory so that we could live a life of victory. And... Um, Sometimes we need to change direction before it's too late. Pastor David, when's too late? Well, I don't know when too late is. You You know. You'll know if you're sitting in this place. And if we truly know our destiny, it should have the ability to change our thinking in the here and the now. When you're confronted with destiny, if that doesn't change your mind then perhaps you're not seeing destiny in the light of what it really is. And a little bit of my job this morning is to let you know what that is. And I believe that works both ways. Whether you, and there are people like this and they think, my life's on a pathway to destruction. My, my life is on the road to, I don't know, I'm going to use the H word. My life seems to be on the road to destruction and you feel burdened about that. You you feel burdened about it, but you feel powerless to do anything about it. How am I going to change? How am I going to change direction? Well, I've got good news this morning. There can be a glorious outcome in your life. There can be a different end. There can be a different outcome for your life. And the destiny that we believe in is one that's beyond the grave, there's a destiny beyond the grave. I'm sure a lot of folks in here this morning have their own thoughts about the afterlife. <laughs> I'm, I'm, very, I'm very settled and secure. I know, I know what happens after death. I know what happens. I'm not afraid of it. And the afterlife is often an avoided subject, even among Christians, believe it or not. And most people hold to some sort of belief, but not many people talk about it. And I think that sometimes even believers fail to comprehend exactly what lies ahead, what's beyond beyond the grave. So what we're going to talk about this morning for the next 10 or 15 minutes or so really matters. So I hope that the eyes, that not only your natural senses, which is your eyes and your ears and everything else are open, but that your heart is open this morning to hear in this word. Because in one sense, the grave is is just an entrance into the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So I want to read this uh, scripture to you this morning. And it is amazing in the Good News translation. And unfortunately, we don't have that on our media, so we can't show you it. But would you listen to this? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. None of the rulers of this world, this is talking about God's wisdom, none of the rulers of this world knew this wisdom because if they had known it, they wouldn't have put Jesus to death on a cross. However, as the scripture says, what no one ever saw or heard, what no one ever thought could happen, is the very thing that God has prepared for those who love him. The original text there says, for those who wait on God. For those who love him and wait on him. So praise God for that. What, what on earth what on earth has God got prepared? Answers on a postcard. I assure you. There, tell Pastor David, this is what God's got prepared. And people think, well, what does God have in store for me? What has God got prepared for me? Here is what I believe that God has prepared for us. The opportunity to enter into his glory, yes. not only in the afterlife, but here yes. on earth yes. in the here and the now. And you're like, what do you mean? Like our future home in heaven where God's glory is going to be all around. It's going to illuminate everything around it. Well, the answer to that is partly yes. God's glory will light up heaven. But we are going to live a life when we do get there that resembles what Eden originally offered. And Eden was a beautiful, pure, unspoiled, idyllic place. Our daughter sent us a photograph from Mauritius this week. And we, we, just, we just gazed at it thinking, what a life. From her hotel room as she flies around the world as a, as a cabin crew, she sees some nice places. But imagine what Eden was like. Imagine that. And we will live a life that resembles what Eden originally offered. Side by side with our Heavenly Father and other divine beings in a state where there's no corruption. Um, does anyone here think that the world is a corrupt place? There's so much corruption God's kingdom is free from corruption. It's free from corruption. And uh, it's pure. But more than that, and here's the good news, because we're all living here and now and you're saying, listen, why don't you just get this over with and tell tell me the good stuff. What can we enjoy? What can I look forward to here in the land of the living? Well, I know one thing. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living if you receive him into your heart. But there's an old life that has to be laid down so that a new one can emerge. There's an old one that has to be put to death so that a new one can rise up. And the things that God has prepared for those who love him, you can experience them this side of heaven. You don't have to wait until then. Isn't that good? So that verse there that we just talked about is talking about wisdom. Wisdom for the here and the now. You know, there are certain things of God that we will never know by our natural senses. Our sight, our hearing, our sense of smell, our sense of touch. There's things that we will never really know by our natural senses. Our senses cannot discover the things that God has prepared for us. But just in a few moments, we're going to read a little bit of the resurrection story and you think about the senses of the men and women on that morning. The confusion. The, 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 they were totally puzzled. In, in the west of Scotland, sometimes we say that they, their heads must have been spangled. <laughs> we're, we're, we've come to the grave we're expecting to find Jesus here. And he's not here. Where has he gone? Can you imagine their senses that morning? And so, this is the great struggle. The struggle is faith in God versus the feelings you have inside you. Putting your faith in God or living life by your feelings. So, did God have a plan to help us? Did he have a plan to help us to overcome the nature that we possess and you know what? We inherited a nature from our forebears it wasn't, very, it wasn't very kind. It hasn't been kind to us, that nature that we inherited. But God had, a, God had a plan. The plan was Jesus. The plan was the cross. The plan was the grave. The plan was the empty tomb. And then after that, the plan was the Holy Spirit coming to earth. The helper. It's like... Nobody, you know, I know some people, I never get any help. No one ever helps me. I want to say that this morning, the Holy Spirit is your helper Amen. and can be your helper. Amen. And um, God's will, He'll help us to do God's will. The Holy Spirit helps us to stay in God's will and it reveals. God's perfect will to us, and all we need to do is spend time with him. Amen? And I want to say that God's will, because, oh, well, who knows what plans God has for us, and who knows what his will is? It's in this book called the Bible. That's his will. And um, it's a book that was written to us, and actually, it's Jesus's last will and testament. Do you know that we call this latter half of the book the New Testament? Amen. It says Jesus' last will and testament is here in this book. and we, So we can read it and find out in this New Testament. And if you love God with all of your heart and with all of your mind, with all of your strength and with all of your soul, and you wait for him, you will experience on earth today the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And how do we, how do we access those things? Well, we access or we enter into those, that place by faith, by having faith in God. And I want to I wanna just um, um, read some things here that you can have whilst on earth, the things that God has prepared for you. Number one, he's merciful. He's so merciful Number two, happiness. Happiness. There's a happiness that only God's people can know and experience. God's people do not have to constantly mourn and grieve. Amen? Over life's events. And there's plenty of life's events that we can grieve over. Because we know that there's a joy ahead. Now, we can mourn and you can be sad and you can be sorrowful for a season, but not perpetually. God says, I will turn your mourning into dancing. I will turn your mourning into dancing. I'll I'll add add something. You're not supposed to add anything to God's word, but he's, he's turned my complaining and murmuring into singing. And, you know, you're walking through the house and you're not having a good day and the Holy Spirit's nagging you your heart. And I always sing the golden oldies, you know. And it turns that complaining and that murmuring and it subdues it and it brings a song. Forgiveness of sin. You can be forgiven. The cross was the atoning sacrifice. Jesus took all of your guilt and shame and your sin upon himself. We've been justified by faith in Christ Jesus. If you believe on the cross, people, I believe that people will make decisions in this place today to believe the cross and to go one step further and believe that Jesus really did rise from the grave. And there's people here this morning, uh, uh, and here we are with being slightly envious, who have laid eyes on those places in Jerusalem. They've just got back. They laid eyes on the place where, oh, hang on. This is where it all happened. What a, what a life-changing experience. Peace and joy. I've got no peace in my life, Pastor David. You can have peace today. An unshakable peace. It doesn't matter what one man says on the other side of the world, or two men, or three men. You can have peace Amen. You can have complete redemption from the curse of sin and death. Amen. And you can experience God's glory in your life every day. You know, God's nature is not like our nature. He has a divine nature. And he begins to build up our lives. We become, we become uh, transformed. We go through a metamorphosis. And we become, we pray every day, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you, Lord Jesus. I want to be more compassionate. I want to be more loving. I want to be more more courageous and bold. I want to have the right words to speak. I often don't know what to say. Father God, help me. Give me the right words to speak. To possess an understanding of the plan of salvation. If you know what God's plan is and what he has prepared for you, you can share that with other people and say, he's prepared this for you too. You can renew your hope and your vision. And the thing that Pastor Bernie said this on Friday night, hopelessness is killing thousands of people. Thousands upon thousands of people are dying because of hopelessness. Their bodies are giving out because they have nothing to live for. And we have, you have the choice this morning. You can either live with your destiny in sight or not. Amen? Yeah. And I believe that if we were aware of our destiny, every day we would modify our behavior. Yes. We would change our behavior. If we knew what was ahead of us, we would change our behavior. And the, the Apostle Paul had to get in touch with the Corinthians. Sounds like he gave them a phone. <laughs> but he had to get in touch He sent these letters, talk about snail mail. And he had to remind them, he says, remember your destiny. Remember your destiny. You need to begin to resemble who you really are. If you say you're the church, then resemble. Resemble. If you're the church, you resemble Jesus Christ. And I feel in my heart this morning to say this, and this is not anything premeditated, but the church is not a perfect place. The church is not perfect. But every single person who gives themselves truly over to the Lord Jesus Christ puts love first and forgiveness and mercy and mercy. And when we walk that walk with others, love, forgiveness, and mercy, it pulls the church together. It pulls the church together. Strong men and women who are not afraid, who are not afraid, who, who, who are not prepared to sweep things under the carpet, but who, are, who will follow God's advice and his word and walk in forgiveness and walk in love. And if we could just receive this, if we could receive that there is a destiny that we are going to it would keep our present circumstances in perspective. And I have to tell you, I lose perspective all the time. We lose perspective. We lose, we lose a grip. But God's glory overshadows the shadows of, the, of this life. Amen. In Psalm 27, it says, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living, I'm going to wait patiently for the Lord and be brave and courageous. Yes, I'll wait patiently for the Lord. You can know his goodness. You can experience his glory. You know, Moses, when Moses was on the mountain, he only got a partial glimpse of God. And it was only a wee bit, a wee bit. And he came off the mountain and God's word says his face shone. And that was, that was with the glory of God. But just a wee bit, just a little bit of God's glory. And I believe that this church is a glorious church. I believe that the church in Ayrshire is a glorious church. And I believe it doesn't matter if you attend a denominational church or a non-denominational church. The church is made up of smooth living stones. And wherever there are smooth, now some of us are jaggy stones. Some of us are jaggy stones. But the church, God's word is making us smooth and putting us together. Amen. Putting us together. So nothing natural, not our own senses, can bring us into God's glory. It's dying to yourself and being raised with Christ. And He showed us the way. He He rose. He was resurrected. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21 says, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, what sort of ears is he talking about there? Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. In other words, these things here, are not our spiritual antennas. This is, we, we have spiritual ears to hear. Yes, Will we be victorious? Are we victorious? Yes. Yes. This, that scripture makes it clear. Um, I'm, I keep on turning around looking for a picture of the tomb there, of the empty tomb. This makes it clear. Jesus links his victory over death. All right, he links that with us, with our victory over sin and death. And if he could do it, then we can do it. He sees the potential in you. If you're in this place this morning and no one's ever said to you, listen, you're going to do great and you've got great potential. I want to be the first one to do it. (laughs) You have, Jesus sees potential, God sees potential in you. He sees that in you. He sees the potential in you to embrace the words that he's spoken and to believe in them. And he will plant what they call a seed of faith in your heart. And it's only the size of a mustard seed. And you can hardly see it. If there was a mustard seed, it's like the princess and the pea. I can guarantee you, if there was a mustard seed in your bed, you wouldn't even feel it. It's so small and so tiny, but that seed begins to grow and you begin to place your hope and your trust and your faith in Jesus. And Jesus, He's saying, "If my friends, if I can do this, you can do it too." For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. From the cross to the grave, from the grave via hell itself, to appearing to the, the, his followers, and then, "Don't touch me! I'm just about to go and ascend to be with my Father." And then he went. And he knew his destiny. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Amen. Amen. John 12, 32. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw people to myself. And he said that showing the kind of death that he was going to die. Just as we kind of bring this to a close, I want to make a few, say a few things. Christianity is the only religion in the world where the founder is not dead and buried. He's not even here. Every other, every other prophet or founder or anyone, their remains remain on the earth. Only Christianity, Jesus ascended. He was resurrected. Amen? It's the only, it's the, and that's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. He was the first man to experience death and to conquer it and to live eternally. And without Jesus leaving that tomb, what's the point in being here today? Christianity would be meaningless. It would be powerless. Amen. Amen. And the world will do everything they can to dissuade you, even in Jesus' day. It was the enemies, it was his enemies who knew were more aware of the prophecy that he was going to rise from the dead. And what did they do? They did, let's just make a scheme here. Can we convince the people that Jesus' followers actually came in the night and stole his body? Because heaven help us if they find out that he really rose from the dead. <laughs> heaven help us then not only have we made one big mistake by sending him to the cross, we've made the second hugest mistake by letting them find out that he was resurrected. And God confounded that whole thing. Don't let that news get out. Don't let that news get out. You Roman guys that have been watching over the tomb, come here. Here's some money. Here's some money. Don't tell anyone. The thing is, the Roman soldiers seen everything. They were the first witnesses of that angel coming down and moving that stone that sealed the tomb. Do you know what? The stone was sealed by clay. If the clay was cracked, then you'd know it had been tampered with. Apparently, one man could not move the stone. And divine beings, two angels... Some of the Gospels say, but there were two, came and they removed that stone. And the earth shook. And the earth trembled. And those soldiers were paralyzed with fear. And Jesus walked out of that tomb. And they seen it. And they, they seen it. They seen it. And they were paid to deny it. They seen it. This stone one translation says this describes the stone as mega. The Greek word for the weight of that stone was mega. A mega stone. And here we go. It opens. And the women are getting ready. They've got all the, their, their fragrances and everything. They're going to go and anoint Jesus' body. And they go to the tomb and look in. And he's not there. He's not there. Just his grave clothes are there. And and the veil that covered his face was in another place folded up and put down. And they go in. And they were overcome. I think, like we talk about their senses being spangled. They were they did not know. They must have been overcome with bewilderment and and, and puzzlement may as well read, read, read this in Luke 24. The women went to the tomb taking spices in Luke 24, verse 1. They found the stone rolled away. They went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. The men asked, why are you looking for someone who's dead? Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Don't you remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day? They remembered it, and then they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone what had happened. The story sounded like nonsense to the men. But Peter jumped up and he ran to the tomb to look. He stooped in and he peered in and he saw empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again wondering what had happened. Amen. They were shocked to the core. They went there expecting to find Jesus. There's a message in that that for us. We can't find the living God in dead religion. We can't find the living Christ and things that are dead and and lifeless. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. And when we seek him and we point others towards him, we need to believe that they're going to find a mighty God, not a powerless one. Mary in in, in John, it says, she stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Here's another account of the angel sitting there. Woman, why are you weeping? Because they've taken, taken my Lord away. And I don't know where they have laid him. And of course, then we know the story. She, she turns around and Jesus is standing there. But she doesn't recognize him immediately. And he's there. He says, woman, why are you crying? Who are you seeking? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, if you've taken him, please tell me where you've put him. But you know what? That day, their mourning and their weeping turned into rejoicing because they, they, it, all of a sudden they remembered Jesus' words and they knew that this was, this was their Lord. And Jesus is like, why are you guys so sad on the greatest day in history? Why cry on the greatest day in history? And today's that day. Today's the day we remember the greatest day in history. And so this morning, I believe that this word is spoken to you. I truly do. God's word always speaks to us. And if you think, well, do you know what? Now there's always going to be time. There will always be another, ch- another chance I pray the Holy Spirit nags you and nags you and nags you and doesn't let you go until you say, do you know what, that destiny that Pastor David's spoken about, I think now's the time to confront that, to confront that reality. And maybe when I really sit down and I think about my future, I might change my ways. And this is not a message of hellfire. This is a message of grace and love. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.